Welcome to Third Space. It's not my space. It's not your space. It's Third Space. I'm Daniel. And I'm Bennett. Oh, yeah, you got the cue. I didn't even have to tell you. That's right. And today we're talking about things and stuff. Things? Well, we made it halfway to a good opening. I thought so. <laughs> ha- halfway was my goal. So. <laughs> right. Uh, have you ever seen a picture of uh, it's a famous musician called Little Wayne? Oh, yeah. Uh, I not only have I seen a picture of Little Wayne, I've I've uh, like seen motion pictures. Oh, motion pictures, even better. Well, I not, you... not like not the movies, but like they were moving. So I thought you were gonna say you had actually met met him. No, nothing cool like that. Yeah, uh, I didn't actually know what he looked like. I heard I'd heard that name a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm really into, you know, I'm really into the rap scene. Yeah, totally on top of your pop culture, yeah. Right. I didn't I didn't know what he looked like, but I saw a picture of him the other day and And what a what a weird looking dude. Like <laughs> his expression his expression in this one picture I saw was so strange that I actually googled him and pulled up the image results and his face was the same in most of the image results. His expression was so weird. It was like this mixture of like confusion and like squintiness that was like the the kind of expression you would expect someone to have if they were like <laughs> in a desert looking out I just google imaged him and I'm seeing like yeah. that yeah that well, it's, image it's, it's, it's over kind, and over it's the kind of expression where like if you were in a desert and a sandstorm was approaching and you were kind of like looking out into the distance and you were like uh, a sa- is that a sandstorm but it's purple, so you're also confused. It's like, here comes a sandstorm, and I don't know what I'm looking at. That's the expression that he has in all of his pictures. By the way, that's his smile, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I just thought, I don't know. And what's face tattoos? I don't know. Yeah, lots that's... of face tattoos, um, work on his teeth, um, hair, like sort of multicolored hair, like Dreads. dreadlocks type thing. Yeah. He's also got an angular face very skinny and pointy yeah um and just uh he he is striking and he's also i mean he's he's one of the bigger or he was at least i don't know really like i'm (laughs) i'm ahead of your you pop culturally but i'm not someone you'd want to ask to be a representative of pop culture and uh, but I'm just saying he's he's iconic like in the not only rap industry but just music like he's multiple multiple platinum records kind of thing. That's so, just like it, he would be ta- it, it would be irresponsible not to mention him in a history of music a brief history of music class if you what? got to really? moder- moder- modern era modern era he would be mentioned in pop culture yes That's... he'd be one of three or four of the last decade I mean not I, I, I'm not gonna say get into talent a discussion of that because that's yeah sure. Know, but, but popularity yeah. is he's he really huge. that popular yes yes like so I'm, it's like too. him and uh 50 cents <laughs> and cisco no, they're no, like the top yes. three those top those are your three head honchos yeah um 50 cent was wildly popular for a brief period of time nelly uh, <laughs> um he's he's uh he's very popular i just i actually don't so if I asked my ninth graders, do I know, do you know who Lil Wayne is? Lil Wayne, they would laugh at me. Of course they know. I'm not sure what they would say about Nelly. Um, if they would know who Nelly is. What's so. the deal with L- Lil? 
Um, it like, was in vogue for a while. I'm not sure that it is anymore. Um, why was like it even in monikers. vogue? Yeah, what's I mean, what's the deal with it? Like, why Lil Lil Wayne? Why not Big Wayne or just Wayne? I mean, I'm going to guess that it was almost a reactionary thing because Big, like Big, was as the a, notorious Big. Yeah, the, he's a he's a he's a big one too. Um, <laughs> I, no, I have no idea. I mean, I was going to say it was reactionary against people being nicknamed Big, you know, Big so-and-so, Big something. You know, it just seems like nicknames are like, oh, Big John over there, Big big Guy Paul. I don't know. I don't know. But I, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Yeah, rappers named themselves in reaction to Big Guy Paul. Was there some female rapper whose name was like Lillian or something? Lillian, and then they just abbreviated it to Lil, and it just caught on? It was um, all an homage to Lil? Um, there, there's prob- this is actually doubtful. probably answerable. Like this is something we could we should have. We should out. try to have Lil Wayne on the podcast. Ask him to uh, will talk you try about to, the etymology or the. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 will I'll, you try to try to make a note? Get, make that happen if we can. Call Lil Wayne. All right, thanks. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, you think we ought to do a superpowers and drawbacks and get us started? Um. Yeah, well, can I mention? Yes, I'd like to do that. But can I mention something about my uh, week or my day? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of odd. Uh, do it. One was, one was that uh, after school, we we had our monthly meeting canceled because everyone's just super busy, and we have a monthly upper division meeting, and it was canceled. Yay, you know, no high school meeting after school mm-hmm. on Monday. And then uh, about an hour later, he apologized and said, but we have to meet. This is going to sound weird after just canceling that meeting, but we need to meet Tuesday after school, which is today. Um, and, and he said, it'll be brief. Um, and I was speculating what it was about, and um, coronavirus. Lo, lo and behold, you are correct. Actually, um, that it is the the coronavirus. School is and, canceled. And, uh, no, but I will tell you this: um, since I'm in Florida, and there have been two, uh, two now, three cases, all within my area, very locally, very locally. Oh like, wow! As local as I know how. Um, and that's like in the country, you know, in the country, I don't know how many of the cases there are and where they're at exactly, but, um, one is in my County. Um, so in order to, in an abundance of precaution, they have given us the heads up that, you know, they have all this protocol and it seems pretty, uh, thorough, but also if for some reason we are not in school for large swaths of time, we will be preparing to go to a virtual school model for however long we need to um and that was really strange to hear because i mean frankly you know people get into this oh sort of chug bleach and like all this craziness and you know people freaking out and i don't pay much attention to stuff like that and i i uh this this uh how about this i'll put it this way the coronavirus like i'm not scared of it and i'm not but it's more on my thoughts uh, then like a kid was sneezing today and it like was on my mind in a non-ironic or silly way. It was more like, I wish that kid would just go home. Uh, and not like I was freaking out or panicking, but it's just not common that I link sort of national or world headlines to like my lived immediate experience. And uh, it's, it's still far away, but it's kind of at my doorstep. It's not like in my face, but it's at my doorstep, if that makes sense. Like people are talking about it. It's on the collective conscious of people around That's me to the point true. that we are like having meet, having meetings about it. And there's, 
there was one confirmed yesterday, and now it was two because the people are overreacting like it. crazy. Uh, oh yeah, I mean it's because like two percent. Yeah, the actual like the the death rate is comparable or lower than the normal flu. That's what I'm. I, so I've heard that, and I've heard okay. So if if whatever percentage, I mean the flu's killed a lot more people this year, and obviously, but like I thought the the, the death uh, death rate was two percent for coronavirus, and it was like. Point two or something like that for uh, flu. I don't but, know though. I don't. Apparently, I just heard like Corona is twenty times more is what I, up to twenty times more deadly. Uh, that sounds like a, a headline. It um, does sound like one. Uh, apparently, the numbers are somewhat inflated because the the data comes from China, and uh, it all came from Wuhan, and there were a lot of concentrated cases. Uh, and then in Japan, there's been a lot of cases, but like. There were 800 people stranded on a cruise ship. They were all quarantined on there, and so they basically all got it. <laughs> and so yeah. that inflates the uh, the infection numbers a bit. Um, apparently, at least what I've heard at this point, is that the, the figures are somewhat inflated, and everyone wants to make a big deal out of it. Um, although I will say it is on everyone's mind. I had uh, work trips canceled as well. Um, yeah, my dad's Japan trip coming up. Uh, is canceled or was canceled. It's too bad. Um, I mean, you know, like, it, it also has outsized effects on older people. So, um, you know, I can un- understand, like, I have a coworker who's, like, in his 60s, and he was really not wanting to travel. And I was like, I don't I don't really, like, I have a trip. Uh, they're supposed to be out to Los Angeles uh, coming up. And um, my coworker was like, I really don't want to go. And I was like, I don't really care. I'll go or I won't go. You know, I'm not bothered. Like, I just don't, I don't, I'm not worried about it. And even if I get it, I'm not worried about dying. <laughs> like, right, I, right. The, the number of young, healthy people dying, I think, is none. Um, I think it's all old people that, well, who have clearly, secondary I'm not, conditions. I'm not actually worried, to be clear, or even, it's just that we had a meeting today about virtual campus uh, possibilities. And they said, you know, we're, it's business as usual for now, but we just wanted to... to say that that is an option we are considering if things went haywire and uh what do you think we, do you like would you like to do virtual campus uh absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think of if if it's an extraordinary situation where kids aren't coming to campus and are otherwise like basically quarantined or with limited ways out and i'm emailing them read chapter three and comment twice on your it just <laughs> sounds hilarious like oh yeah i'm just gonna keep uh keep up the facade of like here like emailing them homework or you know these tasks while while they're with their families uh worried about other things i mean maybe it's a nice distraction and we can get into that but um i mean i would actually be really playful with it what i would do is start like posting little coronavirus memes pictures (laughs) of like like, sick sick people and everything i would this could be you (laughs) ha 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 I would encourage like silly uh, posts like, I mean, I would just do some lecturing or some discussions or not discussions, but just, yeah, me talking a lot and posting videos and then asking them, go create a TikTok about 12 angry men's thematic element and which juror you think, I don't know, just stupid stuff. I mean, I would just be going, I would, I would make, I would just make some unique assignments that are like just go video something and post it kind of thing like i'd just be willing to basically it would be all be bonus learning any learning that occurred in that time i would consider bonus and Mm -hmm. so i and i wouldn't hold myself so accountable in terms of like 
Man, if I was a student, I would be like rooting on the coronavirus so that I <laughs> wouldn't have to go to school. Like, uh, yeah. can you imagine as a student, like, oh, virtual classroom? Like, that's the best thing that you would hear. Like, oh, I get to stay home and like just log into some stupid chat to hear my English teacher tell me to TikTok. Right. Like, I, I just so think it would easy. be a joke at that it's point. A vacation. Yeah. Well, and like imagine kids not doing the work and and like us failing them and the, as teachers and then them and the kid parents going, "Are you kidding? We were at home like trying to at survive home doing and what? all the stress." That, that's, well, that's nonsense. That's just but, nonsense. But I'm just saying that that's at a home potent trying to survive in yeah. Florida. They'd the say wasteland. my my kids trying to like they, they's dealing with all this and you're going to fail them cuz they didn't post on their, you know, virtual classroom like are you kidding me i mean i actually think that would make administrators back down uh, i hate that i think that is silly i think they could absolutely do work uh but yeah i think that they would say that and so kids would take advantage of that yeah. um well yep but i mean i guess like even though even though a lot of the reaction is overreaction and i think people are making much uh much ado about coronavirus um <laughs> like i guess you know if you have a school where you have a bunch of people who are kind of forced to be all around each other it it makes sense to to consider closing if there's some sort of even if it was normal flu a norm you know if it was normal flu it still would be worth considering to, yeah, uh, to shut down really... if there was a high you know a high number of of um cases or something yeah, I think abundance of caution is an adequate or an accurate term uh, for this is what they're doing. Is they're just saying uh, mentally prepare and like, thanks, I guess, you know, like I appreciate the heads up because I'd be annoyed if it came time to say, all right, kids aren't coming to campus and start posting everything online. And, you know, that would be a, a frantic thing. So they've they've planted the seed that's all yeah. they're covering well, their bases the year's practically over anyway the so. well, year's practically over practically it's over. february or march, march or whatever it's march wow yeah it's march yeah. time marches on yes it does superpowers and drawbacks i'm ready for it all right this time we're gonna go with uh on a scale of one to ten a five okay i don't so think we've ever been this high we're ramping it up uh okay have we been i don't think we have this is the highest we've ever before I bet equity is hard the higher the number is because when you get into basically negligible stuff and then you like well, it's neg maybe I'm wrong know. but well I I don't know I mean when you're down at one like sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between a one and a two because they're just both negligible and I, oh, I don't sure, know like actually labeling but if you're getting you, whatever you're presenting to me now will be um reasonably significant oh yeah sure somewhat yeah. and i think that is the, your my preferences might really manifest and it might not even be a long conversation it might be true. this this Maybe. this and this uh, Could i be. feel like it, i feel like it was bound to be quicker when it's yeah more clear cut of the dramatic it's more dramatic these these differences so that's yeah. my guess anyway all right so the the superpowers the first one is called review fairy um, the, uh, and the second one is nutritional reversal. Uh, and then for the drawbacks, there's fight and chitin and, uh, punctual dysfunction. So fight and chitin, fight and chitin. So, um, the, for review fairy, the superpower, uh, that one is every morning when you wake up, you find under your pillow, a small notebook 
containing any thoughts that anyone had about you on the preceding day. Uh, the entries don't include who was doing the thinking, uh, but of course, depending on what's in the notebook, you might be able to figure out... Contextually, might be obvious. Contextually, yeah, who it is. Uh, and then... Mm, uh, yeah. I like this. So, all good, bad... Good, every, anytime uh, anyone thought about you, it makes it into this little notebook. Could be, for a teacher, could be considerable, um, the amount of stuff that's in that thing every you know, every morning. I know, I might not be able to tolerate it, you know. Um, I mean, you could just ignore it. Yeah, I could do whatever I want, but I have it. Yeah, you More have information. It. Yeah, you could flip through there. You know, if you had a weird interaction with, you know, a coworker or an administrator or anyone, you know, you could flip through it and try to figure out. If they're speaking they to someone without me, that's a thought too, right? Like, it's not in, just internalized thoughts. It's like if they went and said, they yeah. were like mad at me for, and they went to their friends and went, he's so crappy. Like, that would make it into the review. Journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay, that's called Review Fairy. Review okay. Fairy. The second one is Nutritional Reversal. Um, so this one probably makes sense based on the title. Uh, mm-hmm. So assuming there is a scale of food health, the scale's inverted for you. So unhealthy foods become healthy, and healthy foods become unhealthy. So, like for example, ice cream might now be really healthy, and broccoli might be really unhealthy for you. Just basically all the junk. I, I need to eat junk food every day, and I'd be eating ideally on a like fast food diet and right. you know sugary stuff. Yeah, yeah. You eating fast food and you know super sweet tea and all that stuff uh, would be the equivalent of you like on a vegan. Well, I guess not really a vegan diet, but <laughs> but like, just some strict, well balanced. Yeah, very well balanced. I'm gonna feel good from it too. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and that's, and by the same token, like if you just like binge on salads, you're going to get really fat. <laughs> is portion control part of this? Like, like portions uh, are still portions are the same as they would be, you know, for everyone else, yeah. but it's just reversed for you. So like, like I said, if you eat a bunch of salad, you're going to get really fat. Um, but you could eat like a whole lot of French fries and not become fat. Eventually... Of course, if you eat enough French fries, you could gain weight. Just like if you eat enough salad, you could gain weight. But it's just, it's not going to happen. If I ate a reasonably, a reasonable portion of, let's let's say I'm obsessed with French fries, um, and that's I could just live off of French fries. Is that going to give me all the nutritional value I need since it's bad for you? And, and this re- nutritional reversal, it's good for me. So I'm getting the nutritional um, needs met by, you know, just eating a bunch of French fries. Um, I'm going to say no, not quite. You can't exclusively eat French fries in the same way you couldn't exclusively eat, say, an apple, you know, apples. Um, Or kale or something. Yeah, yeah. you're still going to be missing something. Um, But, you know, maybe there is some supremely bad food that just has a lot of the nutrients you need and a good mix of everything. And uh, it assuming there is a healthy food like that then there should be an equivalent bad food like that that you could eat and you know live off of okay i like it a lot um, yeah very tempting I, yeah um but in order to take review fairy or nutritional reversal you have to take one of the drawbacks um and uh i'll start with uh punctual dysfunction this is very simple your bladder releases its contents every hour on the hour <laughs> Um, okay. So <laughs> I like the name. <laughs> yep. 
So your it's bladder alone, okay? Just your Not bladder. Not your bowels, okay? Not your bowels, just your bladder. Uh, like at 10 o'clock, beep, 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 beep. Yep. And I'm pee. It's, com- it's coming out. It's coming out. Um, and if knowing this, it's punctual, so I could arrange that every hour on the hour I need to be in the restroom, but almost certainly that's not doable in lot, like lots of times. Maybe. Um, I, mean, I don't know. You would have to arrange your lifestyle such that either you could be in the bathroom or you have some kind of, like, I don't know, adult diaper or catheter or something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that actually is... I would almost I mean, that's certainly what you would have, have to, do to have an night. adult diaper at, at night to get rest and like sleep in my pee. Oh my gosh, you're saying this happens every hour, including sleeping. Yeah. Okay, that is wildly disruptive. Because even if you, well, I guess a catheter, but adult diaper, you can't just sleep in your pee. They have to. Yeah. So. You could. You just sleep through it. Kids I mean, do it. But you get rashes and stuff if you sleep in your piss, and it's really uncomfortable. So like. You, you, you would. The idea is that you wear a diaper because you might wet yourself, and if you do, then you go and change. So if that's just going to happen at night, the adult diaper. See, the adult diaper in the daytime would be because I'm gonna try and make it to the restroom. But in the event that I don't, I have this backup diaper. The adult diaper at night is almost useless because once I do it, I gotta get up and change. I can't just. I would. Uh, it would just. You become. Anyway. You uh, get a special tilted bed. With like, <laughs> w- like water resistant sheets, so that when you pee during the night, it just runs down off of the bed. Maybe so. Okay, what's the other bed? Because that's pretty horrible. Uh, the other one is fighting chitin. I really like this one. Um, every day during your waking hours, at a random time, a random species of bug, native to your surrounding area, will harass you until it dies. Um, so it'll do everything it can to be as annoying as possible. Until you kill it or it kills itself or whatever. Uh, and and it, so, this changes up, like, whatever's nearby, like, it's possessed, essentially? Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, who knows how it happens, it's possessed, it gets created by this magical power. Whatever the case, just at a random time, a random bug from the population in your surrounding area. Uh, like, for example, uh, in Florida, there are about 12,500 species of bugs so um one out of 12,500 you know that kind of bug is just gonna be spawned and come after you oh it'll be spawned it won't be like what's in the nearby area no 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 so yeah it's completely random so i did a little research on this for your benefit so really uh there are only two bugs in florida that you have to worry about causing you significant injury and that's a black widow and a brown recluse spider um and are we including? Uh, we're not including wasps and things like that. Yep, we are. So a bug, okay. a bug, uh, I, an it's an arthropod. So that includes insects, spiders, and crustaceans. Okay. Um, um, so black widow and a what? Brown recluse. Yeah, and those are death deadly, right? Can be, um, but uh, at the rate, you know, one once a day, you would only have to worry about dealing with a day, one of those um, once one time every seventeen years, approximately. Right, and and does does this is this random in the day? I don't know if it'll be like three in the morning or yeah. well during your waking hours. During my waking hours, but I could be working or focused on something or yeah, and it manifests, and then I I get to defeat it in whatever way I can. So I could like really equip myself with bug sprays and and That's right. you know like 
Yeah, I mean, um, most of the time, this is this thing is going to be like some kind of gnat or fly or like roly poly or some beetle or some something, you know. And yeah, you you probably won't even notice it. You'll just be walking down the hall, and it'll you know spawn next to you and come like walking your way and you'll just you won't even see it and you'll just walk on past it and whatever i mean it's going to chase you down relentlessly at you know to the best of its ability which may not be enough to and it's not supernatural you. it's just no, it's as just possessed normal... as it could be yeah yes yeah uh this is a weird question but it's almost a math question but if 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 there are 12,500 species, does it choose just randomly between that, or does the yes. representation of the species... No, uh, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. If there's, like, one endangered species of beetle in Florida, it has a 1 out of 12,500 chance of The same spawning. as a gnat that the might same be... As, yeah, or a, a mosquito, mosquito or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. The, and the randomness is with replacement, so it's not like, you know, if, if you happen to draw the Black Widow on day one and you see it coming and you go stomp it... And you're like, yes, don't have to deal with this anymore. Nope, not the case. You could draw it the next day. The odds of that are just really low. Right. Um, I. Uh, okay. I think I have my choices now, uh, but then I want to talk through them and see what you think. All right. Um, I'm just going to give you my choices and then justify. Mm-hmm. I would do nutritional reversal and fighting chitin. Mm-hmm. And I would, and I would, and I would do it. <laughs> and well, I feel pretty right. confident in those answers. Yeah. Um, I really like the review fairy. Uh, it makes me like it's an imaginative superpower, um, but it has, uh, to me, some significant drawbacks. And I'm not even sure. It could be one of those almost like monkey's paw. Be careful what you wish for situations where you're like, this isn't actually good, and I'm using it for its manipulative power it bestows upon me and it disrupts my relationships and drives me crazy and I'm I'm privy to like intimate thoughts that weren't meant to be my way and I just might even just reject the it, it, it's a loaded power that I don't know I don't want to wrestle with that both morally and pragmatically and and so I mean um, you all, could you you could impose those restrictions upon yourself take the power and not utilize it on most days, but then when you have you know an important day where and maybe you have a job interview yeah, or yeah. whatever, then you could consult it and get information that could not be gotten anywhere else. I mean, it, it don't get me wrong; it's tempting, and I like that. But I'm also I see this as an explosive, like possibly dangerous situation. Like probably some things I haven't considered, even that uh, both benefits and 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 drawbacks. So. I it's it's too much for me. Like really, it's too much. It's mu- a power that no human should have. <laughs> a, a kind of. I mean, I actually <laughs> think it's it's one of these things that like I the like one of the like tenets of my like whole existence is to like uh, is relationships, and that right. throws a giant. I don't want to say wrench, but that that uh, it's a curveball at the very least uh, about how to navigate relationships it's so powerful so for me that's, that's more than a five uh well, that's one like, of the reasons why i i made this superpower was with you in mind so i was i was trying to think of something that you might find particularly compelling 
I find it compelling, but I find it scary too. <laughs> like weirdly, <laughs> like like if it were just, will you take this book? I, that literally could be it. Uh, the review fairy. Will you accept the review fairy? Oh man, that that would be agony if it was just that. That's why I was able to say the nutritional reversal is also super appealing and almost and no dra- drawback. Yeah, pretty to much me. no downside. Um, yeah, and and I love food, and I it is it is a big is there part any- of. Is there any healthy food or even like, is there any healthy food that you really enjoy? <laughs> it's sad to say that, uh, uh, yeah, sure. But it's like, I've had this discussion with you before. If you were to say tomorrow, there's no other, uh, there's no soft drinks or other flavored beverages in the world. It's all just water as far as what you're going to drink from here on out. I would go, eh, you know, I'm going to miss uh, Sprite some or a Powerade or something sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I don't really care. And that, because it's, it, it's the same with, okay, um, I like, uh, like, I do like a banana or an apple. Uh, I get some pleasure out of, by the way, are we calling like apple pie? That's unhealthy, right? Like, so it's just pretty, or like, like, of course, right? So uh, apple pie would be uh, healthy in this situation, but my po- my point is, what 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 healthy things do I love that I would miss, or at least only occasionally eat? Right. Um, there's so few and far between, and not something I crave that I would just eat them. I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't think about, oh gosh, I need to limit my consumption. Whereas I constantly have to limit my consumption of, say, Taco Bell or uh, burgers or anything. I just right. love fast food i love bad food i love cheese i just <laughs> so this one's like that's exciting right, right. um punctual dysfunction <sighs> uh, i was talking about it right like, i can't you can't have such an organized life uh this this demands attention so it's at the forefront of you uh every not only day but hour <laughs> you could you could kind of um periodically hydrate so you could have some sort of like staggered hydration where you really don't have much in your bladder for a while and then you drink a lot when you go home or something that could be interesting so i could like in that way uh, an absorbent diaper or something i wouldn't have to change if it were not much right you know if it were a slow small dribble but i i don't think i don't think that sorts itself out as far as being well hydrated i just probably has consequences too yeah um and it would just it's something that demands my attention every hour for my life i'm devoting uh a a mild or or a potentially hugely embarrassing but most of the time mild inconvenience but even during my sleep that might be the biggest thing um if you change it to waking hours um i still don't know i i i maybe i'm not conceptualizing it right but Fighting Kitan, um, which I need to express something. I don't understand the title. I feel dumb. Kitan? Kitan, C-H-I-T-I-N. It's the material that bug shells are made of. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I figured. I'd, I'm sorry I didn't get to appreciate it initially. That's all right. Everyone else did. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> all of our 30 listeners. Yeah. All right, getting popular. Fighting Kitan. Um, but I just... Maybe I'm overestimating my ability to combat bugs, nah. but I just think I can, and I think uh, I'm willing to take that on. Yeah, I think uh, I think I probably agree with your choices. Uh, the review fairy is less important to me. 
um, both because I interact with fewer people a day than you, uh, and I don't care what they think about me that much, um, and I, similarly to you, really like unhealthy food, uh, so nutritional reversal is appealing. I think I could Do take you? on bugs pretty easily, although I think I probably, or I'm not sure about this, but I, I probably hate bugs more than you. I think so. I think that's safe to say. Um, yeah. And like, and like I would really not enjoy a random bug just spawning in my home, you know, and to to just chase me down. Oh, I just yeah, wouldn't like fun. that. Be like, every day having to because you know many times I'm in my apartment all day, and that means a bug is going to be in my apartment yeah. every day. I don't like that. But I think. The situation demands resolution because that bug's coming after you until you. I mean, if it's yeah. so small, you don't notice it, and it like hits itself against you till it dies, whatever. But or you accidentally step on it, or or it gets locked outside because it. I don't know. The wind takes it out, and you've shut the door. But like, I almost okay. Look, if it's whatever little bug, like it's gonna resolve it. Like it's gonna be coming after me. I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna go there. But I mean, there is a there is a calibration of. My first few days, I'm probably it's gonna occupy my thoughts and oh, I'm yeah. like look Looking around everywhere. all the time and yeah, where is it? When is it? Where is it? When is it? Would be I mean that's significant. Um, I think I would learn to just say like it's probably not a brown recluse. It's I mean a uh, uh, yeah a brown recluse or a, mm-hmm. or a black widow. Like I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be okay. Like it's gonna probably even bite me a little bit or bother me a little and then I'll kill it. Right. <laughs> and like okay. Um, yeah, Some, probably a small price, itch, so. small price to pay for being able to eat as much cheese as you want. <sighs> and be healthy because of it and feel yeah. great. Like, it's not yeah. just I can eat it and, like, it not pay severe consequences. It's more like, this is good. I'm treating myself well. Um, yeah, <sighs> that, that's exciting. And so I would do it. All right. Well, that's another superpowers and drawbacks. Woohoo! Yeah. What do you how, how, do you think those uh well I guess you have no conception on what the high end of the scale is but uh those are fives it, compared to just, our previous you know ones and twos I'd agree and that it's an escalation and I would agree that although to me the review fairy is particularly compelling and and off-putting um that I'm imagining you inventing various superpowers and like if that were the ultimate superpower I would say come on like that is a, that is a, yeah. an interesting power superpower, but it is not. Yeah, it's definitely like, not. I mean, yeah, you could definitely, you could even make go with that same idea and make it more powerful. I'm more um, curious if your tens are also creative. I mean, or I don't in have terms any like, tens. Yeah. Okay, but like uh, the highest I have is an eight. Like flying almost. and stuff like that is like those are I boring though. They're boring. They're tens, but they're boring, right? Like you know, I don't teleportation even think is or a ten. something. Flying is overrated. I mean, we, we, that's a that's a rabbit hole. <laughs> um, the the pleasure of flight, I mean, it's something we all have dreamed of at some and point. And have attained. So. Uh, well, yeah, at, through in a vessel or, you know, but like I, I want to just Which is better. experience floating. Uh, it's not better than, than a body flying, I guess. I mean, well, better, I don't know, that begs the definition. Um, I mean, riding in a car in comfort going fast is better than just like running real fast. Um, flying in a plane or a jet fighter or a helicopter like in the air in comfort is better than just kind of like 
floating around in the air, getting well, smacked think, around by wind and clouds and bugs and stuff. You're right that we would, if we could all fly, we'd probably still use planes. <laughs> we almost definitely would if it, if you had to exert energy and couldn't do it at 600 miles an hour. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we would still fly in planes and fly around. <laughs> like, kind of strange. <laughs> I like that thought. Um, I have a uh, a topic that uh, that we can discuss that caught caught my interest um, a little while back. Uh, I had to read a paper for um, for a class, and this class was actually human computer interaction, uh, and the paper dealt with that topic a little bit. But that's also- interesting to me, by the way. The, just the title itself it, it assumes not just that the human is sort of doing something to the computer because it, 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 the word interaction implies like that the computer is participating with you in, a, in right. almost a, a lively way. That's right. And that was one of the core tenets of the class um, is that it's a two-way street, not just a human manipulating a tool. The computer has a part in that interaction as well. There's mostly a class about user interface because uh, the computer has to has to you know react to what you do. It has to signal, hey, I understood your direction, and here's my response. And then the human has to react to that. So it's more of a dialogue. I like that. Uh, I even like the word transaction better, but that's, it's kind of obnoxious when I was studying in, in grad school about pedagogy and teaching and blah, blah, blah. Like It's about, a, like it was reading is transactional. You come to a book, and then a third thing happens. And it's kind of what our third space podcast yeah. is about. Is like It's bit. not just these two separate things. It's a third thing happening that interaction imply implies to some degree a cause and effect this and that but transaction um i'm not outside sure of that the monetary I, exchange uh, i'm not sure that i'm on board at least not with that small description about reading a book being a transaction because i mean a book doesn't respond i mean yeah granted there's some some thought going on between the book and your head a little bit as you interpret but I don't really see where the book comes into play. Um, the The idea is that when you, well, a book's not, a book is nothing but you know a page with some symbols printed on it. It doesn't come up, like come alive. It, like it's not just the reader either, because the reader doesn't invent. They are kind of the book is is doing it, not all the way for them. That's that's the weird thing. The transact. It's not doing it for them. They are conjuring up actively whether it's the images or the thoughts and they are wrestling with them and their connot- their relationship with each word that the author has written uh, produces an effect and that's uh, as a give and take. And so to reread a book even as you've grown and you've changed, so you open a book, a book five years later, 10 years later, a day later, I guess, um, you have changed a bit and so your relationship with different words or different experiences have changed and so your interpretations and your that, that third product that happens um, is, is different as well. So it's weird that that third thing is also an evolving process. Um, but in a transaction, isn't there a giver and a receiver? Like, isn't there some two-way... That's the whole point of a transaction is that there's some kind of two-way interaction. And how does the book react to the person? Well, the book, I guess, would be the giver. Okay. And the person, the receiver. So yes. How, how, but then how does the converse happen? Um, the book... Or is, need, there, or is there not? And I'm just thinking about I don't about know. A and I, I guess my, my... I don't remember, to be honest. But, but I, the book needs 
an audience or else it's just this dead thing. It's it's this inanimate, like, nothing. It's nothing. It doesn't have... It's it, it's almost like, is it a book? If a tree, if a tree falls in the forest, no one's sure. around, does it make it sound like, is a book a book if no one reads it? <laughs> That's a, sounds stupid. <laughs> it's stupid, yeah. but it's just this inanimate thing off to the side, meaning it, like it's it's pointless. There's no reason it exists until a reader comes to it. So it needs a human. So... Uh, what's the difference? Uh, maybe I'm digging into this where I shouldn't, or we don't need to. But like, if a book is an an inanimate object, granted it contains words and thoughts and stuff, what's the difference between a person participating in the action of reading a book and the transaction of reading the book? I don't understand where that distinction comes into uh, play. If the book is just a thing that the person's interacting with um they were i think this is all rosenblatt stuff and she said that it action is just not an accurate it, it it's because it suggests that there's an act being committed upon the book and that's not what's happening it's a relationship and so relationships are transactional not like reactional or not like and that's the point is the sort of relationship to it she's intentionally evoking the relationship so is playing a piano a transaction as well I would think my knee jerks, yes. What about watching TV? Uh, um. What about throwing a baseball? It seems to me throwing a baseball is not. I feel safer saying that. What if you're like practicing throwing a baseball and you're pitching, practicing pitching a really perfect curveball? Um. Uh, it seems to me that y- the the unique thing about say like a a ball is like you can form you get to know that ball really well and you get to enact you act upon it to manipulate it and so certainly you throwing it or you doing things uh, affects it uh, and that is rewarding to you so there's that but like the ball isn't um, in a it has. I don't know, okay. <laughs> but I, it doesn't, right. it doesn't seem can, to have a relationship with you, and it doesn't. I can see that explanation. What about writing? You know, you have pen and paper, and you're writing something. Is that an is that a transaction? Oh man, well, writing's to me kind of mind blowing. It's it's a I mean, it's thinking on paper is one way of putting it. It's mm-hmm. slowing your. It's a slower process, and it's more intentional and permanent because thoughts are totally abstract and intangible, and writing is a there's something tactile about it even with keys and stuff so um and it's your thoughts bouncing like what's what's strange about writing is you're you're putting your thoughts on page and then there's this feedback loop where you're mm-hmm. reading it and you're communicating with yourself or, yes you're communicating with yourself so um, i would say yeah i at I least what with is. this kind of weird description of transaction that we've built writing seems like a transaction seems like you could also seems like you could write have writing be an action or a transaction, depending on how you do it. Yeah, if you're, it's if a stream of conscious writing where you're just writing whatever and you're journaling without, like your intention is to record, it's really and not to edit or not to even communicate clearly, but just to to expel your thoughts, be cathartic, let release or something like that, then I it sounds like that's more of uh, not a transaction, but a, an act, just an action that you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the TV ones though, interest it's interesting because like it's this thing that's gonna be go. It's it's producing sound and noise or you know it and and images and it's going on whether or not you're interacting with it. But it has no meaning unless someone's there to watch it. So right, and I mean by the same token, the book's words are there. Yes, you, they you exist. have to. I mean, yeah, you have to take those in. I mean, granted, reading, reading, the the word. You don't turn the page unless you turn the page, um, whereas a TV, you know, can go from one show to the next without your interaction. It's a little more automated, yeah, but it's still pointless without yeah. an audience. The same way, I guess, even a play. Well, weirdly enough, I think someone could theoretically write a play and act out, a, perform a play, and have no audience. The thing is that internally, the actors are an audience of sorts, so there's some reward and effort sure. and camaraderie that would be built through it with no audience. I mean... And it, it could still be rewarding, oddly enough. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's designed to... Perf- like, the the transaction theory would be... It's complicated in that because you have relationships with your with yourself and the role you're playing and the actors on stage and the audience. And it all comes together uh, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, H- hang on to that thought of a reward for for actors in a play or even the reward from throwing a baseball hang on to those thoughts a little bit that okay. pl- that plays into the uh, into the topic so anyway like this this class was human computer interaction but I, the the point of this topic isn't to talk about humans and computers really but i read this paper the title of the paper was a framework for the experience of meaning in human computer interaction um, by Elisa Meckler and Casper Hornbeck, Hornbeek. I don't know how to pronounce okay. that. Anyway, the human computer action part, human computer interaction part, is just whatever that's class I was taking. But I thought that their description of meaning was really interesting because, if you recall, on an earlier podcast, you and I talked. We tried to communicate somewhat about meaning. What does it mean to have? meaning or meaningfulness purpose however you yeah, want to try to classify valuable this. or significant or have rich right. value meaning yeah 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 right and and you uh you know i think i asked you if you had any meaningful experiences to recount and you recounted the story about um there being a, a dead frog on your driveway and you know you you were a little kid and you asked your dad you know to fix the frog and you know, he said, you know, I can't fix the fraud or something. And that was yeah. a me- meaningful experience to you. And I, for whatever reason, pushed back on that and was like, was it really meaningful? Because I, I, I didn't see how that, at least by my conceptualization of meaning, was meaningful. Like, obviously, it was some, an emotional, important moment. But we had some sort of disconnect over what, what counted as meaning and, and what didn't count as meaning. Yeah, like I might have tried to uh, define it as it was revelatory that my dad was finite and wasn't Superman, and so that was that was impactful enough to leave an imprint on my mind, and therefore, mean a meaningful experience. Right. Um, I'm not Where, understanding. Just refresh my memory. Your pushback was going was what exactly that? Well, I was mind? trying to I was trying to recall what I had in my head at the time. I think You're what, just being where, a jerk, basically. <laughs> basically, is it really I, meaningful? I, I mean, it's just your dad, like you know, <laughs> being obviously <laughs> he can't resurrect a frog. You were just an idiot. <laughs> um, no, I think what I was thinking is that in order, my conceptualization of of meaning, at least 
what I was trying to, I was trying to draw boundaries around the word meaning, and I was trying to express that um, meaning is something that happens when you modify yourself or, or you know, turn chaos into order in, in, in such a way that it improves your future. Um, something like that. So some sort of striving towards uh, improving yourself. That's what's meaningful. Um, yeah. That's kind of the, the boundary I was trying to draw around the word, and I didn't communicate it very well. And, you know, well, that's the whole point of bringing up this topic now is that the word meaning and meaningfulness means different things to different people. And everyone can look back on a memory and go, oh, yeah, that was meaningful. But when you try to actually say what is meaning, people have a hard time. You brought up story of a frog. You know, I might have brought up, um, you know, a time when uh, some some concept really clicked and made sense to me, um, or having some spontaneous, uh, imp- like really fun experience with friends or something. Like I think I may have mentioned are the stupid uh, videos we used to make when yeah. we were when we were teenagers. Um, like that was meaningful, and so. It means different things, though, um, and this paper, I thought, did an excellent job of breaking down what meaning is, or at least the components of meaning, and so that's what the paper does. It, they try to build a framework that at least uh, it uh, goes into a little bit more detail and breaks down what meaning might mean. <laughs> meaning uh, might mean. Yeah. Um, so uh, I would like to pitch you these five components and see what you think about them, because I... I when I read this, I got a lot of clarity um, and felt like I could now uh, describe moments of meaning a lot better. All right, I'm ready. Give me in no particular order, I'm assuming. Or, or is it? Yeah, uh, it doesn't really matter. I, you know, I'll go in some order. But um, So the, the first one, I'll start with like what I consider to be the most boring one. It's called connectedness. Um, and... Uh, the paper pitched it as almost a gimme. Like, they're they're kind of like this is definitely a component of meaning because without it, no one can experience meaning. But also, no one really thinks of this as meaning. So, connectedness. What it means is, uh, or the way they describe it is, the experience of meaning always connects beyond the immediate experience. experience. So essentially, it means context. Uh, yeah, if you don't, thinking. if you don't have context in a particular situation then you can basically not experience meaning or one example um one example they give is they actually talk about video games and they say that in interviews and surveys people often report uh, having meaningful experiences while playing video games but if you if you think about a person who doesn't play video games like your grandpa or grandma or whatever it would be unthinkable that they have a meaningful experience related to video games because they don't play video games. They're not connected to that area of meaning. So you have to have that underlying context in order to experience in, meaning at all. That actually, and inversely too, they, they, since they have no connectedness with video games, they can't conceptualize that those who play video games have that connectedness. So they see it as, well, a disconnect and therefore yeah. meaningless. Like meaningless, They see it right. as that waste of time because they don't, the relationship so foreign, the connectedness is so foreign, and I wonder mm-hmm. how how much misunderstanding in the world there is with that. Like, oh, you're doing this thing 
that's stupid. You know, the dismissive, our tendency to be dismissive about that which we do not understand Mm -hmm. exists because we don't have, well, a relationship with it or a connectedness with it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, behaviors, values, cultures, all of these things have different contexts within which it's more likely to find someone else who, you know, experiences the same thing uh, meaningfully. So, you know, in our culture, um, you know, maybe uh, it's more likely that we find people that have um, meaningful memories of sporting events or uh, music concerts or something like that. Whereas in other places in the world, maybe it's, you know, fighting together or a religious experience together or something like that. And the connectedness is what makes those communications about the same kind of meaning possible. So it's kind of like an underlying, uh, you know, web. It's of, the glue, yeah. Yeah, it's the glue, and it kind of makes all the the four other ones that I'm going to mention it kind of makes those possible. Now, one other thing that I thought of is that you know the movie Memento about uh, the guy who has memory; he can only remember things in a short-term memory or right. long-term memory. And he tattoos he his body, and you can tell yeah. what part of the movie you're at by based on which tattoos he does or doesn't have. It's kind of interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, but uh, he would have less connectedness, right? Because he can't form connections. He has his con his ability to perceive context is greatly lessened, um, and so he wouldn't be able to experience connect. And that actually is well. a, a kind of a complex way of saying he's confused a lot. If you have less ability to craft meaning or make meaning around you, then you would have less information. You just be confused. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't actually make the connections. So you can't say, "Oh yeah, I remember when that happened, and that makes this moment." mean something you can't do that yeah um so that's connectedness it's kind of like a a gimme i call it a gimme um the second one is one that i think many many people resonate with um and that's purpose uh so that's having a clear direction such that your activities help progress towards future goals very obvious um and so like the paper the paper gives an example of gardening so um, there could be a purpose both in the short term to you know clean up your yard or long term to tend the trees um, or tend the crops or whatever, uh, support your family, however you want to classify that. But there can be both short term and long term progress. I mean, I was just, that's what a I, purpose. As, a, as a teacher, I think of my students and they, their purpose for, for a long time is, is college. It's just to get there, to get college, to get the job, to get the... That's kind of where it gets hazy for them, and like how you have to kind of discover and re realign. But the danger of always having, if you only have something on the you know forever horizon, that that happiness horizon, you can't get to that. That could be, but you need clear direction at the same time, so you need a balance. But yeah, mm-hmm. purpose makes total sense. Right. Well, I mean, that's why I would actually say that um, I would theorize anyway that students high school students in particular have a harder time finding meaningful educational experiences because their purpose is getting a good grade um and that happens a lot like it's not that meaningful to just get a grade whereas if your purpose is to learn something new then i imagine you it would be a lot easier to actually have purposeful meaningful experiences um, yes in, in education amen to all that um but uh, as far as purpose goes, like this is just, it's like a common conceptualization of meaning. Like you would put New Year's resolutions here, 
budgeting goals, retirement planning, like all of these things. Goals, just goals, yeah. Yeah, things it's, you're, you're aiming for. Because you can you can feel a sense of meaning when, you know, if you check your bank account and you reach some sort of milestone and you're like, oh, I can afford a car now. Like, that's meaningful and it feels good and you get that experience of meaning. Reward, um, kind of like what you were saying, I think. Unless yeah. that's a different category. But yeah, it's rewarding to see yourself moving in a direction. Right. So. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, I was trying to think about when I was going through each of these, I was trying to think about how often I experience meaning in these subcategories. And purpose, I actually don't think I get a lot of meaning in the way of purpose. Because even though I'm a fairly goal-oriented person, my status quo is pretty decent. And so I don't have a lot of really like important long-term goals that I'm striving towards. So or at least none that I'm going to attain anytime soon. I don't even really have to check up on them, you know? So I don't, but yeah, I, I don't really, I, I don't experience a lot of meaning via purpose. What about this small is ways? Like almost the opposite well, sure. on the same spectrum. Um, so you've got like, where am I going with my life purpose? And then you got, I have a checklist of seven that's things right. today and I've done all seven. Like did, yes, and that can that be pretty definitely. satisfying. That's right. And that, yeah, that's what I had written down as well. Like doing chores and stuff like, like on the weekend, I love to knock all of my chores out or like first, like before lunch on Saturday, knock it all out and then I can relax for the weekend and that feels you know meaningful in the smaller sense um to have all that stuff done I've accomplished that purpose I've you know reached for the goal and done the goal now it feels good yeah um do you ever find though right after that is that very like how short-lived then do you go oh okay I'm kind of bored like like do you do we need constant goals however big or small like do we need them and do we need big and small goals in our lives? Like, if you don't, it sounds to me like you're saying you don't have a particularly big long-term goal right now. And does that make you feel restless, or are you like okay with that? Are you truly satisfied? Um, I do think that you need to have uh, long-term goals as well. And you know, I don't mean to portray. I don't mean to portray it as if I have no long-term goals. Maybe it's more that I just don't really have any medium-term goals. Like, there's nothing that I have to. There's not much that I have to actively insert into my daily life to progress towards my long-term goals. Like, you know, I don't have to, I consider this a blessing. Like, I don't have to sit down and plan out, you know, my life long-term in order to have things go okay, at least not in the situation I am right now. Um, so my my goals can be shorter term. Um, maybe it would be nice to have some medium-term goals that may actually be an area where I can improve things to improve my my sense of well-being or something like that yeah um, um speaking of quickly of medium term or i guess this would actually be a short-term goal um like i was just thinking about trips and vacations and things and mm-hmm. uh after the podcast is over uh we should discuss me possibly coming there for a little for a few days during my spring break uh, yes yeah that's a good suggestion so we'll when, get the dates when, down. It's uh march 13th is the friday oh wow, that's and soon. that is the beginning of my two-week spring break so Okay. Uh, very soon, and yeah. So next week is the last week, and so that Friday, and then there's the weekend, and then, um, yeah. So we'll yeah. talk. But. Yep. <laughs> All right, we'll talk. Uh, <laughs> we'll so, talk after our talk. We'll talk after the talk. Uh, oh, one so, other thing that I wrote down about this thought is something that you'll uh, that you'll agree with, I think. Um, so if you if you conceptualize 
just walking into your classroom and putting down a piece of paper and a pencil on your student's desk and, and saying nothing to them versus doing that and then telling them to write about themselves, you know, which is more likely to produce a meaningful experience for the students. Um, certainly the one where you give them direction yes. and a goal. Yes. So even if that direction or goal is provided by someone else, it's still meaningful. That's, that's right. interesting. That's interesting, me. right? And that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Like this kind of meaning seems to be one that employers, you know, with 401ks and stuff or authority figures, the government, like these people give you goal. They give us goals. And so in a way it's forced meaningfulness. Yeah, but I don't know if forced... Well, that's a that word's so loaded, but yeah, it is. But it, it is manufactured, and it is uh, like all right, in order to get meaningful. the most. Yeah, in the order to get the most out of uh, someone, we've got to produce meaning, and they need they need to feel like their experience is meaningful. Um, so give them. I don't want to say hoops to jump through. That seems to cheapen everything, but give them uh, things to produce and direction, and because you know, unhappy employers don't really know if they're doing well or not, or which direction they're heading, or don't have a greater sense of. Well, purpose. So, so okay, right. we've got connectedness, we've got purpose. What's three? Yep. The, the next one is coherence. Um, so how much do your experiences make sense? So synonyms would be sense-making, comprehension, um, which this one, when I read this one, I was like, yeah, this is the one that makes the most sense to me. <laughs> makes the most sense, coherence. <laughs> like, I get meaning. This, actually, it was meta-meaning because I was reading a paper about meaning, and it all kind of, like, made sense <laughs> cohered and made sense when and it I read felt meaningful <laughs> it felt meaningful exactly i was like oh yeah i understand that's coherence that's the experience when when a concept or an observation or a prediction comes right and you you know that you understand the world and it all seems to just fit together that's coherence is this also sort of like when when you've internalized information, that's coherence. You've made sense of it. And now you have it. Like you, it clicked. So what we're saying is you you've internalized it. You've processed it. You have it. I've got the treasure now. Like I didn't just see the treasure. I didn't just like. But I've I've, I've got it. I, I mean, sense making. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think strange could, way to put it, but. Well, I think you could conceptualize it like that. Uh, the, like to me, when I when I read about this, I thought that this is. Um, fits in really well with scientific pursuits. So, you know, all of those, uh, the, the academics, the scientists who pursue understanding of a particular field in physics or math or, or whatever, um, when they make a discovery or make a connection or generate a theory that holds true, that f that's meaningful, really matters to them, and that's because of this subcategory of meaning called coherence. I guess I'm trying to, I don't want to confuse things, but I want to try to, I want to ask this question. Like when you said it at first, it's like making sense of things or connecting the dots or whatever. And uh, when you said about connectedness being a gimme, part of me was thinking, doesn't this seem sort of foundational? Like, don't you, don't, don't you have to make sense? Doesn't something have to make sense in order for yeah. it to be meaningful? I mean, am I? Yeah, but this is a, things have to make sense to be meaningful but everything that makes sense doesn't have to be meaningful it well, could this be then synthesizing is that the difference is that you're, yeah. you're taking you, disparate you, data and producing something new and you've made um, you've made sense you've connected dots I, you've... I don't know that you're really making anything new it's just that all of these disparate pieces seem to fit together for you like now this idea which was previously 
obscure and fragmented. Now it's one piece and you can understand it. So yeah, like, yeah. like I, and I think that, you know, I mentioned scientific pursuits, but it also fits with, I think, getting to know a person. So like if I read a really like mushy micro poem and, then I, <laughs> and, and I thought, oh man, Daniel will really like this and I share it with you and you really like it, that could be meaningful because I understand, you know, I yeah. understand what it is that you're going to like. I can make a prediction. I can generate an action and I can observe the result and I know what's going to happen. That's, that's coherence. It all makes sense. That, so yeah, getting to know a person. I like that. So that, that, that cleared things up for me a bit. So you're getting to know someone, you predict they like it or won't like it, or you understand, say you need to deliver this news more gently uh, because it could it would upset them or like there's 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 something meaningful about well it's a it's a rich understanding of the situation and the relationship yep. and the people or the scientific data and the way the physics yep. works and the whatever but it's a rich understanding it's understanding that's the that's the the key takeaway for coherence is get, gaining understanding and for me i think of all of them this is the one that I've experienced the most, and probably, like, probably because I've experienced it the most, it's the one that um, is the most meaningful. Were um, you trying to apply that to my my dad's frog story, the dead frog story, and that wasn't quite could, hitting? Maybe or or um, no. Oh well, maybe uh, maybe. I, well, see, I didn't know of these subcategories. Sure, at the but time. on some level, you were really emphasizing coherence, and probably yeah, probably I was probably. I mean, although, you know, thinking back to the frog story, you could apply coherence yeah, to that. Yeah, it was revelatory. It was revealing, like, uh, a new understanding, a rich understanding about my dad and the way the world works, and it's a harsh yeah. place. There's lots of, but, could, you know. It could be coherence. I think maybe the next category might might be the one, but we'll see. Maybe There's one it. other thought I had about coherence that I, I found really interesting, which is coherence is perceptually influenced, meaning you can kind of create your own meaning based on the narrative that you tell yourself because like you could say for example oh it's so hot today it must be global warming and like you can fit pieces into your own narrative and generate meaning based on how well you reinforce that or for example i worked really hard on that lesson plan uh that must be why my students got good grades like you could make you can make an inaccurate or at least uh, baseless or faulty prediction and then have the result that you expect, and then you can derive meaning from that, even even if even if it wasn't a cause and effect relationship. So yeah, it's confirmation bias can lead to can lead to meaning. Can lead to me- genuine meaning, and that's why it's such a potent fallacy. Yes. Like it's yes. so it's scary. I like that, or I don't like it. I find that fascinating. That like okay, our I'm kind of stuck on, ironically stuck on the term feedback loop, <laughs> uh, but like, <laughs> I keep getting looped into that. But, but yeah, what what we tell the narrative we've crafted and we see it and it feels co- we keep sharpening it and seeing it manifest and that's satisfying and feels meaningful. So we become more dogmatically dedicated to that that narrative and right because to it's pursue all coherent. and feel yeah. that meaning. I mean, yeah, there's a there is almost a psychological addiction to meaning in a way it feels real good to experience meaning and yes. so i think that that's some of the major fuel to confirmation bias people generating their own narrative and then believing something even when the evidence tends to stack up against it yeah 
Number four. Um, yep, number four is resonance. Uh, so resonance is the immediate unreflected experience of something making sense without having to reflect on it or explain why it makes sense. So similar to coherence, but it's more a, a it's just, it hits you. So it's a, this just feels right, or this clicks and not, we, we said the phrase, this clicks earlier, but that coherence, there tends to be some reflection. There's a lot of, um, it, it, it's a gained enlightened understanding, whereas this is almost like a bolt of intuition or a bolt yeah. of lightning. So coherence the, has this sort of labor, uh, result of labor, whereas in terms of reflection, like you said, resonance is, I think like beauty falls under yes, this. Yes, like exactly. That was one of my examples. And, so like if you're out in nature and you, you know, you crest a hill and look out over the landscape and it strikes you, wow, the world is a beautiful place. That's resonant. And that feels meaningful to experience that. That's resonance. And that's why, I mean, that, so, so a hippie, it really <laughs> makes meaning through resonance a lot. The awe, the want, the, the, yeah, I don't know. This, it doesn't involve the, I, mean, I would say that purpose and coherence and, um, and connectedness all involve the intellect and resonance is makes room for sort of something a little either aside from that i'll say sure yeah it's more to me it seems like more of an emotional response um uh to to your surroundings or to a thought or whatever so i mean it could be like when you're watching a movie and a part just seems like it was made for you like it just fits it speaks to you in that moment that could be a resonant uh a resonant moment well i mean this Um, happens in Poet, lines of poetry for me a lot yeah, or just sure. a meaningful line. and like there's some danger in this I've actually thought about um, there are beautiful lines that are that, that make a claim or a statement and because of their beauty I tend to lend more uh, credibility credibility yeah. to it and go mm. that seems true and right, and now right. I'm understanding it's because of the resonance that I'm uh, wanting to apply coherence like I'm wanting to say, right, yeah. it, it's a credibility thing. You've elevated yourself with the the turn of the phrase and the way it flows off the tongue, and it just reads beautifully. And you're making a claim about truth, and I now am primed to want to believe it and more susceptible. I'd say so. I have to be careful. Like I mean, honestly, the most powerful and beautiful lines contain they have that they have both right. They're powerful. They're, they're beautiful and they seem to say something significant that rings sure. true upon reflection and coherence. But then there are lines that are or not even that fruitful. Like after a lot of examination, it just said something nice or said right. the way someone looked or just said, you know, said something rather simple but in a beautiful way. And so that has resonance and still has meaning to it. So that's mm. that's cool. That's cool. I was wondering if the if love at first sight is really just a branding of resonance like if you have a resonant experience whether you know someone looks a certain way or says a certain thing or behaves in a certain way that that thing that people conceptualize as love at first sight is that really resonance is that what we're that really makes total about? sense because under the umbrella keep in mind of meaning and so it feels super meaningful and that's because well it is under these definitions we're talking about and so it's right. really frustrating when a lot of people i think rightly try to say hey that's not that's not the foundation for for 
you know, something purposeful with connectedness and coherence. But sure. so we, t- we, we tend to be dismissive and that's not actually meaningful. And that, and that we, I think the person that believes in love at first sight or has experienced it and gone, no, you're wrong because what I had meant something and they are, yeah. they're very valid. That's true. They were in awe. There was, a, they were struck it, and the meaning was there. It's just a particular brand uh, of meaning that, you know, I, I want to say that this is it's super important, but I do want to say that it seems. I, I don't, yeah, don't well, want to say less than, but like again, if I'm applying that love at first sight, which seems like a great example of resonance, I I tend to go, yeah, that's fantastic. It's probably the, well, one of the greatest feelings ever. Uh, but yeah, but not well, something that I yeah I had similar thoughts. Um, like I I think like I I've had some resonant moments. And they're wonderful. Like they feel really good, and they're almost they're almost more powerful because you don't expect them. They they just hit you. Um, but like to me, it seems like they're more fickle. It's it's based more on mood and brain chemistry. You have to be primed for a resonant experience. Mm-hmm. Like I I doubt that if you're just in a terrible mood and you're you know you're hungry and you're just grumbling about everything. Even if you're in a a beautiful situation with you know unique things happening around you you're less likely to have a resonant meaningful experience that's my theory i think you're totally right and i think it's why people like who are sickly or or in a financially uh, less than favorable position or whatever um they they don't they miss the beauty that might be right before them and like they tend to, so then you tend to see the worst stuff and it's a snowball effect. I mean, it's yeah. the snowball effect there. Well, think so. think about this. You might not like this example, um, but uh, you and I went on a cruise um, for a friend's bachelor party one time. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's an experience primed for meaning um, yes. in different ways, in multiple different ways. Uh, and like there were there were times on the trip when you know, we had a big group of guys and everyone was, you know, having a grand old time and everything. But I was kind of grumpy about some of the situations on the trip. I was not primed for a resonant experience, but, but like the, 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 what do you call it? A groom to be the, the future husband. What do you call call the person? (laughs) Fiance. The fiance. Yeah. They're both fiancés. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. Um, he, <laughs> he, he was primed for a resonant experience, and I'm sure had men, you know multiple times where he just thought, "This is just amazing," you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's just that it depends on the person and their individual context what what can or 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 what will or won't be resonant. No, that I don't. You said I wouldn't like the example. I think it's apt. So um, it's it's. A perfect example, really, uh, and and I would argue too that I, maybe you've had less than the average person, or maybe I, I'm just trying to conceptualize. If someone has, just like you were saying, uh, coherence, you've had the most coherence in terms of meaning making. You've had coherence seems to draw you in. You've had that experience more. Then I'm picturing uh-huh. that sort of hippie person, or that sort of <laughs> that person who has had a deeper relationship with resonance, and. Uh, and and therefore valuing it more like what if there's a way to and what if what if you were to shape a personality test around this so those who have had more experiences with purpose tend to have this personality i mean i bet i bet you this reveals a a lot 
I, I, I agree. I think that there prob- you probably can draw some parallels. In fact, with regard to resonance, I was thinking, well, because in the paper they continued to describe it as an, an intuition. Um, and so obviously that links very clearly to, in Myers-Briggs, the intuitive types and the sensing types. And it made me wonder, hmm, like are, are intuitive types more primed for resonance than sensing types? Which which one is more primed for it? And I don't actually know the answer. And but my intuition tells me yes. Well, <laughs> intuitive I don't. Times. I don't know. I started thinking about it, and you know, because the words are the same, of course, and and because you know, I'm an intuitive type. I would like to think that I'm better than those stinking <laughs> S types. But but then, like upon p- further thought, I thought that you know, S types they tend to be more detail oriented and concrete. And so it might be that resonance is actually more prominent for them because they generally go through life not thinking about the abstract concepts like beauty or whatever, and all the details are around them, and they're thinking, oh wow, this, you know, there's a lot of flowers around here, and you know, oh, the weather feels really nice. But then all of those details kind of coalesce in one moment, and it hits them, and that abstract concept dawns on them in that moment, and they go, wow nature is beautiful and that's a resonant meaningful experience for them seems seems possible i don't know i just don't know yeah one other thought i had about resonance is that uh it seems like drugs can bring on resonant experiences um yeah you could manufacture it that way um in the same way you can manufacture purpose in the workplace drugs are just this chemically engineered like beauty and awe and like that it's almost a stereotype of you know people who are high or something to you look at like an album cover and they whoa yeah the word whoa that's what i thought whoa yeah they're in awe that just makes sense man (laughs) the universe no absolutely I really this this whole idea of how this maps on to personalities is exciting to me because what could be more important than meaning? <laughs> like, like it's almost like I'm I'm stuck in synonyms like or like meaning. What could be more valuable than importance Value. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, what attracts us? What brand of meaning attracts us? Attracts us is bound to to say a lot about our. Uh, value system and personality and 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 the way we go about like someone who has had more experiences with resonance is going to likely pursue um a life that me- makes meaning through resonance uh, right. and so it's going to shape them to things yeah, yeah. yeah. so well, they're, they're also, in the arts and stuff so right i wonder too like uh, if advertising caters to resonance you know because like the mo- you know when they have emotional ads where they play some, you know, violin music and they show a picture of like autumn leaves falling and this old man on the rocking chair on his front porch and the protagonist of the commercial, you know, is the young daughter who runs up and hugs her. And like, all of this is <laughs> trying to build a resonant, meaningful experience where you, it all hits you and you're like, I had an experience like that. Like, whoa, like those seem like trivial things, but then when you put them all together in front of me like that, they seem meaningful. Right. I think it's resonance is probably the most spontaneous or easiest to at least attempt to produce because when I'm looking at the other, you cannot establish some purpose. I mean, obviously commercials have a purpose to sell you product, but I meant they can't 
they can't map on a purpose for the viewer that I mean they could try to say like um you know don't you want to be successful buy this mercedes you know like they're setting they're trying to present a goal to you yes but i just i don't think that that's you know that's not the best marketing tactic right they just I mean, in some ways, that's what they're doing when they present that the lifestyle of, you know, invest in this happiness, like open happiness is, is mm-hmm. Coke's thing. But like, that's more about still about beauty and awe and like, like, take a look at all of this greatness, come be a part of it, an invitation kind of thing. Mm. All right. So the last component, the final of the five is significance. Um so I think we found that for almost all of these, as we talk about it, we tend to use all of these words yeah. <laughs> while we go. Uh, but significance um, is kind of makes sense to you. It's the sense that our experiences and actions at a given moment feel important and worthwhile, but also consequential and enduring. So, you know, this matters. This makes a difference. Um, something that is going to be meaningful not only now, but in the long term. Um. That okay, so meaningful is both short and long term. Give the given so, moment and and some sort of consequential. What was the phrase you said? It's like consequential and yeah, consequential and enduring. And enduring, I like. So, that. for example, if you're breaking up with someone that you should break up with, um, you know, it's unpleasant, but it can also be significant and meaningful because you know it's going to matter down the line. Um, like this is this is a pivotal moment in your life. It's significant. It's meaningful, even though it's unpleasant. It matters. That I guess that's why meaning can be negative. You could break up with someone and not even be sure, but understanding this is this is an enduring impact. It, yeah, it is significant. Um, I right. lo- you know, if someone gets fired, uh, you lose yes. your job. That's significant. significant, and you know that like you will be different hereafter. Uh, right. That suggests uh, significance. Yeah. Right. Or you know, on the on the more positive side, if you know you're an artist or a writer and you know, you you write your magnum opus or you create a wonderful piece of music. Even if no one ever hears it or sees it, you know that you've made this accomplishment and you're always going to remember that one from then on or something like that. Where would you place the, like, aha, the the inspirational bursts? Uh, I mean, I we were the way we talked about resonance was it was this intuition or this... this wow overwhelming whoa moment but i don't think that's resonance is that the aha moment it it depends on what it is so when you say aha moment like it could be coherence it could be all of the pieces that i have the solution to uh, you know now snapping into yeah the coronavirus we can yeah, yeah 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 we can erase it with uh if you have the nutritional reversal, as long as you eat, <laughs> as long as you eat enough ice cream, you can be immune from coronavirus. Yes, no, that so that would be a coherence um, uh, moment. Yeah, I think that would be coherence, not not resonance. Um, although you know, you can imagine a situation in which you have some kind of double whammy where you you come to a striking intuitive realization and the pieces like fall into place i don't know if that count if that you know follows the rules that may like maybe you could make the argument that these aha moments are some combination of coherence and resonance right and all of them Um, involve connectedness Um, and yeah connectedness which by the way maybe we'll go ahead 
And maybe it's significant. Maybe after having this, you'll your life will never be the same. Yes. And maybe that's the way aha uh-huh is like the the ultimate feeling of like, oh, it's all coming together. This is yeah, yeah. coherence has finally clicked. It is beautiful. I am it is the culmination of my purpose and I know I will never be the same. The ultimate like aha's uh-huh are the all encompassing meaning moment. Um so th- all of these, aside from that, all of these different, I'll just call them domains, like purpose, coherence, resonance, and significance, uh-huh. you know, we get, they're, they're offshoots or subsets of meaning. Connectedness is unique in that it's, you don't, yeah, there's not a connectedness uh, moment. Right. Like. Yeah, it's almost a prerequisite for the other four. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's why, and you know, like if I was creating this list, I probably would, I don't, you know, the authors were trying to make a framework for meaning. So, I mean, they acknowledge that connectedness is kind of a prerequisite. It's almost like then should be part of the definition, like the understanding like that in order to, in order to communicate, you have to know words. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. It's like a caveat that they should have just presented beforehand, not as one of the five components, but instead a, Hey, by the way, our folk, our four components depend on this, but unless know, maybe there's they, a nice chart or something with connectedness in this, in the middle, and everything's a, on around it and offshoots of it, or you know lines connected to it. I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, it's that's the way they decided to structure the structure of the paper. Maybe they, I guess, they thought it was important enough to to mention and talk about, um, even though it seemed kind of. Kind of obvious. How to, dry to was the reading? I don't remember actually. It's it's it was been a while since I read the entire paper. Um, uh, most of the papers that I had to read for that class were pretty were pretty dry and not and just really boring. Um, this one because I was interested in this particular uh, topic, I found the section about this framework really interesting. And of course, there was a bit before where they talked about it more in terms of computers, and a bit after when they talked about it more in terms of computers. That was less interesting to me. Um, but of the papers I read, this was one of the better ones, just because you know it had some bits that I thought were were really cool. I just wonder how much out there is on meaning in terms of, and are these domains or these these whatevers? Are they? Is there more discussion about these different ones, you know, or is this just um, in a computer course? Like, no, you know? uh, I don't. No, I'm sure that lots of people read this. I don't recall the date on. Let me pull it up. The date on this. This was a 2019 paper. So, um, is this probably the, from their from you know their yeah, they, ideas, or are they saying we're gonna map this on to computers and and human interaction or whatever the course is called? Uh, well, the, 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 the whole point of the paper was to develop this idea of a framework of meaning and then apply it to human-computer interaction. So they cited lots of pr- prior research in, into meaning. They talked about, I think, I think they cited Jonathan Haidt. I think they cited um, like, uh, you know, the whole Viktor Frankl thing. Yeah. And, the, the, um, and they cited a lot of stuff and, and research into meaning, the experience of meaning and I mean, they did their due diligence, but when you're asking me, is this are, is this framework something that is you know now discussed more? Since this was a summer of 2019 paper, so I would new. guess probably probably not yet. But 
hopefully, because I find it interesting, hopefully some people will you know, read this, find it interesting, and do some further study or discussion of this framework, because I, I think it's really fascinating. Well, the reason I even asked how dry is it, or uh, I, I'm imagining my brain's making all these, uh, there's some coherence going coherence. on. Um, I, I want to have students read it, and then I, like, I guess I give them some purpose about how they have to develop a sixth, or they have to hmm. go do a prod, they have to formulate a meaningful experience and they have to select one of these and like I mean, you could probably have them write about three you know or two of the not four non-connectedness ones write about experiences they've had that fit because it's, I, it seems like everyone has experience meaningful experiences in all of these categories right of, or they could know, definitely write degrees. about it but i kind of want to just I, I'm, I'm more curious of like okay first of all do do we leave any did is there any glaring uh, holes in this like are there is there something that could you could they develop a six if i if i asked for the collective brain power of a class could they come up with a, a, dif- a different one or i don't know um, i don't know can you come up with a different uh, one well, you have about the collective brain power of a class right <laughs> sure uh, <laughs> isn't on, that your whole point of your job, job is to be smarter than the collective power, <laughs> intellectual capacity of a, a class or else i fail that's, that's why they don't have two teachers in the classroom. <laughs> so um, I'd like to think about that more. Um, and and can I give them purpose? I mean, obviously I can give them clear direction. So a purpose is to, the purpose is to go make meaning or go have a meaningful experience and how, like, define your parameters and go do it and then write about it. I don't know. Just there's something creative I here. I wonder if, <clears throat> try this one on, what if, what if there was another component that was simply pleasure or hedonism? You know, obviously, I don't mention that as something that is a, you know, a good thing necessarily, but when people think about meaningful experiences they've had, like people, some people live their lives in pursuit of pure pleasure, and that rush of physical sensation um, could be something that people classify so, as meaningful. Yeah, indulgence essentially, like when you really indulge in something, uh, some yeah. some pleasures of the flesh. Like sure, yeah. I mean, is that w- because weirdly because that doesn't really fit into the other categories so much, right? And this isn't about a spectrum of meaningful meaning and shallowness, like shallow experiences. Right. That's not that's not what we're saying, um, right? But I guess is if a shallow experience is not meaningful, would this be tossed? Uh, can I, I mean, like, don't necessarily conflate, you know, pleasure, you know, a pleasure-seeking experience for a shallow experience. I mean, you could imagine, you know, the the rush you get when skydiving or or eating a just delectable meal as being meaningful. Even though, I mean, it, maybe you could try to construe that as significance or one of these other categories, but you can imagine it being meaningful and something that someone always thinks back on. Uh, I mean, here's an obvious one, sex. Sex drives, sure. like, the world in a lot of ways. A lot of people look the lens through that. Like, we, everything, we, every decision, whatever. But sex doesn't seem to fit into... Uh, resonance would be the closest one. Beauty or, like, ah, like... 
so but there so it seems to not fit within resonance so that's why pleasure of the play or indulgence or which so we need something to include sex because sex is is sex would definitely only be purpose it's the only time you have sex is if you're trying to <laughs> conceive a child reproduction only right yeah only <laughs> Yeah, where where does pleasure, simple pleasure, and that's where pleasure is the flesh, flesh or, um, you know, I don't, I, yeah. I mean, you could you could make an argument for, you could make an argument for purpose, like I just did. You could make an argument for coherence. It's a little shaky, like oh, so this is what it's all about. Like this is yeah. what everyone talks about so much. It makes sense to me now. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Um, or even significance, like you know, here's this is a this is an important moment, an intimate moment that's significant in this relationship. Or maybe sex just isn't meaningful. Could maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, which uh, that's what's funny. This that seems silly to say out loud. So it sort of challenges this framework. It's and goes, silly what? to you and silly to me, but I think there are people out there who would like to push that. Um, that narrative. Yeah, I mean, there's people that'll say whatever experience isn't meaningful, but like, let's. I feel like collectively, it's safe to say that sex is Im- important and valuable and meaningful to not only the perpetuation of our species, but but like it's like like fun and and I don't know whatever. So there needs there seems to be a missing something. Um, does it belong in res? I mean, where would you, if you were forced to put it, would you really put it in purpose? <laughs> Sex? Yeah. If you were had to put it in one of these characters or, or domains. Uh, um, no, I would I don't think I would put it in purpose because it's not like, I mean, it can be, you know, a goal setting thing, but not really. I don't, I wouldn't put it there. I wouldn't put it in resonance because. Yeah, that doesn't seem right either. Because I don't think it's. It's not beauty. We're maybe not about, maybe oh, once, maybe one, form. yeah, maybe one time, maybe one time you have that experience and it's like, ah, oh, this just feels right. You know, this clicks. That's resonance, and it just hits you in the moment when you're like, you know, this is this is how it's supposed to be. Maybe, but I don't think that you could just generally say sex. The reason why that feels meaningful is because it's in resonance. I don't think you can do that. I think that if I had to, if I had to put it in one of these, I would put it in significance because of what I said. It's an intimate moment that matters to you, the relationship and and therefore your life more broadly. Um, it's a it's an experience, an action, in a given moment that feels important and worthwhile, but also consequential and enduring. And that's the definition straight from the paper. Um, you're not only having a meaningful moment, but this moment contributes to the strength of your relationship going forward. I think significance fits the best. Okay. So you don't think that it, it it's there's a gap big enough worth creating uh, a different categorization. Uh, no, I mean I'm I'm open. You mean for pleasure or yeah, for or hedonism or yeah. whatever? I mean, maybe I think that that's a possibility. Uh, it's a possibility. But even that would that's be just problematic what came to with mind. sex because if you just put pleasure seeking. Well, sex seems to be that plus, you know, but I guess all these, the experiences are not, you can't isolate an experience into this just singular thing, you know, like they they can be multifaceted. And and there's no claim that this paper has 
finally cracked the code right. of meaning and found the only four components. And I don't the authors don't even make that case. Right. They acknowledge that, you know, this is this is their initial like tentative foray into understanding or breaking down meaning. So I don't think anyone's making the claim that this is complete uh and that's why I think that's a good question to ask. Are there any gaps or any other? Well, yeah, I like to operate as if it's our working framework and let's operate as if it's completely true. And these are the domains until we start to go, wait, where does this fit? Wait, where does this fit? Wait, we need another, we need another characterization or we need another. And in order to solve that problem, I was trying to think, think in my own life, like, okay, what are the meaningful experiences I've had? What are the things that come to mind as important in some way? Do is there any, are there any of them that would not fit into these slots? And um, obviously, I thought of all of my pleasure-seeking hedonism. Um, <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind. What about? Um, I mean, relationships. Is it fair to say relationships holistically, and how do they fit? Because these all seem to be experiences that we would plug in, and I guess a relationship is a series of experiences. Um, but and we talked about getting to know someone fits perfectly with coherence. That was literally one of the mm-hmm. examples we gave. Right. Um, I mean, you know, you could imagine, um, you could imagine a relationship with a person or a group of people f- giving you a meaningful experience because maybe it's purpose in that um, maybe you accomplished the goal of getting to know your students um, or. Uh, or it could be coherence, like we already mentioned. You know, get understanding another person. That's meaningful because you can predict what they're going to do. You can predict what they think. They know what you're going to think. It all fits, and you understand. You could have the love at first sight moment with resonance, significance with a relationship. I just don't. Maybe maybe my what I'm saying isn't fair to because when we say some like my relationship with my mom is meaningful if i say that um i'm saying like she well, yeah, is meaningful you're... like all the things we've done together is meaningful and like, like it's hard it's too abstract yeah. to say something right. like the, the experience of mom isn't one isn't one thing you know you can't break that down and necessarily you can say your mom is meaningful but it, you could break that down into further granularity and then slot those into these categories. Right, right. Um, on that note, I am starting to run out of gas. I am tired. Yep. That was a, did you find that topic interesting? Very interesting. It's something that I will um, probably interweave into my thoughts about... Uh, uh, just my thoughts in general, because what could yeah. that? This is something I want to internalize and make a coherent part of. of right. Of, well, I would. Yeah, I would like to be able to recognize the next time I have a meaningful experience, if I ever have another one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I would like to recognize. Oh, this is you know this coherence. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, I need to be able to label it or it is not as significant, or right, not right, as resonant, yeah. or not as coherent we're not as purposeful meaningful (laughs) we've regressed Uh, all right well until next time until stay safe and lock up those doors and wash your hands that didn't work (laughs) but well yeah i guess it's relevant with the corona virus did it coronavirus